Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. As we were singing, there was a picture of a cross up there, and I thought, the Lord spoke to me, said, no, that's not what the cross looks like. The cross is stained with blood and sweat of pain and tears. The cross isn't pretty. It's not perfect. It's messy. What makes you think who told you that you wouldn't have to fight? Who told you that this would be easy? This is a battle. It's a battlefield. And you have been equipped. And he is our high commander. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And when you are knocked down... Reach out to the left and to the right, your brothers and sisters in Christ, and pull yourself up, and they will pull you up. Who told you you would never be talked to in in a way that would offend you? Who told you you would never have to forgive? You will have to forgive. You will be offended. You will be knocked down. You You will bleed. You will bleed as he bled. You will cry as he cried. You will be broken as he was broken. But you will not be lost. You will be victorious. He fights for us. He fights with us. He has equipped us. Do not think for a moment that by walking with him, everything comes easy. Who told you you wouldn't have to fight for your marriage? Fight for it. And who is your enemy? Your enemy is Satan, the devil. The kingdom of darkness is your enemy. Not the sister to your left, the brother to your right, the mother-in-law who condemns you. She is not your enemy. Your children are not your enemy. Your husband is not your enemy. You are equipped For this battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against the principalities and the power. And we are victorious. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. There's two more things. Thank you Jesus. During communion... Appropriate the word appropriate. We must we must take the blood and the bread. We must take all that He's given and appropriate it. We must put it on. We must take it and apply it and use it in the battle. And He showed me a Christmas gift, a Christmas gift, um, gift bag, and it sits under the Christmas tree unopened. What good is it to you if you do not open it? If you do not open it, it's a beautiful gift bag. (laughs) And I open it, and it's socks. I love socks, good, warm socks that are pretty colors. And they're beautiful. 
and they're warm and they, they're tied together by that thing and socks, it's just always a battle to get them open. And if I look at it and say, well, this is difficult. And so then I've opened the gift, but I just leave it sit there. I don't un, undo the sock. I don't take it apart. The socks must be, un, they must be wrestled out of the packaging and they must go through the wash and I put them on and then they do all that they promise to do. That's right. They, they do what they prom- They're pretty and they're warm and they function fully as they promised. Amen. But I had to appropriate them. I had right. to open the gift and then unwrap the gift and dig into the gift. And I had to do with it what must be done. We must appropriate all that he's given us. And the last thing, and this goes with appropriation, is I don't know if it's cold in here or if this is just the Lord, it's fresh. It's fresh and it's high up, high up. And if ever you've seen a picture of someone standing at the edge of a, like the Grand Canyon and they're just they're on the edge where those pictures, they make me nervous in my knees. They make me nervous. And I, I stand here today and I feel that. I feel open space. My eyes are closed and I'm worshiping and I feel open space and my nose is cold and it's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh. It's fresh like fall after summer when you walk out and you think, ah, I can get out that sweater. It's fresh. It's freedom. And we must appropriate it. We must appropriate freedom. There is freedom here. There is freedom. And it makes my knees go funny. And it makes, because it's so much, it's so much freedom. And the Lord spoke to me and said, fear not. Fear not. I am the freedom. There's no fear in him. There's no fear in him. Appropriate the freedom in this battle. Appropriate every thing that he's equipped you with it's a fight do not fight against one another do not fight against one another unwrap all that he is in the word fight fear fight worry fight offense fight gossip fight those things which he hates he loves you and he loves the person who offended you deeply he loves the governor of New York. He loves him. Listen to me. He loves him. The, the hateful things that have been said about that man, they make me want to weep because he loves him. He is jealous for his eternal soul. Do not fight the people of this world fight the enemy but do not fight them amen thank you Lord for your word today other scripture you gave me this morning Psalm 103 says bless the Lord O my soul and all that is within me Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, who heals all of our diseases, 
who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, we worship You. We worship You. This morning the Lord said that there's someone here this morning who has elbow pain. Elbow pain. If that's you, just raise your hand. Someone here this morning has elbow pain. I see hands up. Elbow pain, yes? I see a couple hands. We're going to pray for you right now. You don't have to come up. We're going to pray right where you are. Put your hands up again so I can see you. He said elbow pain. Right elbow, left elbow, it's healed in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we speak now in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Father, we speak to the enemy and we cast him out of our bodies now in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you for fully functioning joints. We thank you that you are healing elbows now as I pray. Heavenly Father, they are coming. They are being able to move. That their bodies are moving. Their joints are moving in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, for that healing anointing that's happening now in Jesus' name. In every section, every section there was someone with healing for their elbows. And it's happening now in the name of Jesus. Yes, Father, we thank you for it. We thank you for it. We worship you for it. It's done in Jesus' name. It's done in Jesus' name. Amen? All right, man, we can just keep going on and on. Well, how about we do this? Why don't you turn around and greet somebody, say hello, spend a few minutes, get to know somebody, and then we'll keep moving on with whatever's next. Amen? Amen. All right. You guys ready to continue to worship the Lord with our giving? Amen. Ushers, if you want to get ready to wait on the people. If you need an offering envelope, uh, go ahead and slip your hand up. And you know, we, a lot of us know this scripture. I've said it a lot of times. Pastor Jim, our, our founding pastor, has said this a lot of times. It says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. But without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For He who comes to God, must believe that He is. We must believe that He is who He says He is. We must believe that He will do what He says He will do. And that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You see, church, we need faith to please Him. And what is faith? It's what I just said. It's believing that God is who He says He is and will do what He says He will do. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is really believing in the things that we have not yet seen with our natural eyes. It's believing that God will provide provision and harvest, yet we not totally have seen it yet. But we have faith and we believe that it's coming. The Bible also says, though, faith without action is dead. So we have to do something, church. We have to mix our faith with an action. We have to do something or our faith is dead. So if we believe that God will provide all that we need, then we're just standing in faith. We need to start walking in faith. We need to start taking an action, start doing. Not just believing, but also doing. 
making that walk, moving forward. When we plant our seed, we want to see it grow. Faith is trusting God by giving our tithe and our offering. Faith is trusting God in all things, not just the things that are easy. What did my beautiful wife say this morning? It's not all going to be easy. The picture of the cross has forever changed for me. That was a word for us, church. The picture of that cross is forever different. There's blood on that cross. There's sweat on that cross. Life can be difficult. And it's easy to believe when we see it right in front of us. But it's much harder to believe when we don't see it. And that's why God is saying, mix your faith with action and move forward. He's calling each and every one of us to give back to him. Not because he needs our money. Guess what, guys? He does not. He does not. We think that he might, but he really doesn't. He owns everything. He can make it all happen. He wants us to do that because he wants to bless you. He wants you to give because he wants to bless you. And honor the word that I just read that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So as we're diligently seeking Him in every area of our life, including our finances, He wants to bring the reward and the blessings, the provision and the harvest onto our lives. And we do that by believing in faith, but then by walking it out and taking that step. Amen? You ready to give? All right, Heavenly Father, we just come to You. We thank You for who You are. We thank You, Father, for what You've done. We thank You that You reward those who diligently seek You. We thank you, Father, when we mix our faith and we take action, when we plant and when we water, you do the growing. You are the one who makes the seed grow. And so, Father, we just bless every gift, every giver. We lift these tithes, these offerings, this giving to you. And I pray that you bless it. You put your favor and blessing all over it and that you multiply it. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Ushers, you may wait on the people. Yes. All right. All right, church, how are we doing this morning? All right. <clears throat> Amen. Well, I invited my lovely wife to come up here. Again. Again. Uh, for a couple things. Just for one. What I said last week is that at the beginning of each message, in February at least, I wanted to share a little bit of vision casting about what we see for the future of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. And what I talked about last week was very high level. I basically said, guys, this church's foundation is not going to change. This church's foundation is not going to change. We are going to reach a million souls For Jesus Christ. That is the foundation. Amen. That is the foundation of this church. That is what our founding pastors set forth before us. It's what's going on the plaque outside. It's what we're marching towards. And also what's not going to change is that we're going to be a church that preaches the gospel message and teaches the word of God. That is not going to change. We are going to be a church that prays. That's not going to change. 
And we are going to be a church that is led by the Holy Spirit. Amen? We are not going to be moved around by what other people are doing. We are going to be led by what the Holy Spirit tells us to go do. And that comes because we're preaching the word, we're teaching the word, we're praying and we're seeking him. And he, in the Holy Spirit, is giving us guidance, wisdom, and direction. And we are going to be a church that gives. We are going to give generously of our time, our talents, and our money. We are going to give generously of our time, our talents, and our money. We are going to be a blessing to this community. We are going to make changes in this community for Jesus Christ. And we are going to reach a million souls for him. And so last week we talked a lot about that. The word that the Lord had given me last week was that this ministry will be marked by miracles. This ministry will be marked by miracles. I'm talking miracles of all different kinds. I'm talking about miracles of elbows that have been supernaturally healed this morning on February 3rd. Oh, on the Super Bowl? What was the Super Bowl? I was at church, and people's elbows got healed. What was that all about? Now, that's the most exciting commercial you're going to see today. That's exciting. This church will be marked by miracles. And Pastor Pam, a few weeks ago, I call it prophesied, and she said, this church will not look the same one year from now. That was in early January. We're in February. The parking lot's having trouble getting all the cars in. Hallelujah. Praise be to the Lord. It's not going to look the same by January 2020. It's going to be different. And we're excited about that. Last week, Liz got up and said that Pam, Pastor Pam and Pastor Jim, they were founders, they were pioneers, and they were connectors. And that we, as leading this church, are reproducers, in all senses, I guess, and multipliers. And after church, we did a little math, and we had some fun up at the Rose Center. And Pam came and said, well, we had one child. And we have a church of 200 or so. And she looked at us, and she said, you have eight children. Shall we do the math? This 1,600. Provision and harvest is coming. John Maxwell said this, I just read it recently, he says, if growth is expected, then change is essential. We cannot grow without changing. Church, we cannot grow without changing. Some of the changes, they may make you nervous, they may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I want you to know that we pray and that we're led and the staff prays and we are in agreement with the direction that God is moving this church. And we're excited about it. 28.6 times, however many times Doug said it, we're excited about it. The Lord has led us when we first started this journey a couple months back knowing that we would be here on this day to really start focusing on student ministry. And to really start pouring into how student ministry was going to look, what it was going to feel like, how it was going to be run, and all the different things that had to do with it. It was the first priority that the Lord laid on our hearts for provision and harvest. 
And Doug had already mentioned we were making some changes, and Brandy's up there doing an amazing job running kids' ministry, and Pastor Doug is continuing to lead senior high and middle school, and we're very excited for the records and what God has placed on their life and what they are going to be able to accomplish together. They are our right hand with the staff. They are together with us. The staff is together with us, and we're excited for them. Well, one of the things you may have seen on the website preview that came up is it said a family church. I don't know if anybody caught that or if anybody noticed it. It said a family church. We believe that a church is a family. We believe that it's a place for families. This is a place for those who are looking for a family to find a family. This is a family church. And one of the changes that I promised we would, tell, we would talk about that's going to happen here in two weeks is that we are going to bring our kids into worship. Our children are going to be with us in the big church, in the sanctuary, with us as we worship. God has put this on our heart years ago for this church. It is now this time that he wants these children in worship with us. If you have kids that are age three or older, they are going to be in service with us during the time of worship because this is their church as well. They are going to have the same access to the miracle-working Holy Spirit that will be present in this sanctuary on Sunday mornings. They are going to have the opportunity to see lives change. They're going to see the opportunity of coming up for altar calls, for salvation, for baptism in the Holy Spirit. These children will experience God's presence alongside their parents or whoever brings them. I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid. I'm not concerned about being distracted by the kids because God wants them in here with us. The Lord said, Jesus said, let the little children come unto me and that they're going to be a part of our service. And after worship, we'll dismiss them. They don't have to sit through announcements and offering. We'll get them out of here. And they're going to have an amazing experience upstairs with Brandy and the team. But that's something that's going to start in two weeks. And what what we're able to do is with our new website that we launched, there's a site on there. If you go there after church and look, we have a frequently asked questions page on there about kids and worship. And it'll tell you all about it. It'll give you some ideas of what it might look like, what to do if you have kids, when do I check my kids in, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's all answered for you, so I'm not going to go through it all here. But we're really looking forward to that. Do you have anything you want to share or add? This just makes me excited. Um, I know as a child, I was in worship with my parents, and um, I had a really rough home life, and I, my dad had just wild highs and wild lows, and um, it was a real mess, but I remember him worshiping. I mean, not often did I see it, but there were some times the Holy Spirit would show up, and my dad would be dancing in church, and I cannot tell you the impact that that made on me. Um, and I just think that um, there is no curriculum, there is no other way um, that will have such an impact um, on these kids than seeing their dads lifting hands and worshiping the Lord, seeing their moms, you know, just lifting hands and worshiping the Lord. And I know in our house, our children, 
they're used to seeing their dad throwing his hands in the air and, and yelling and loud and praising, and it's usually football on the TV uh, when they're seeing that. And you know what? That's true. It is true. Do you know what I have in my house? I have eight children, every single one, regardless of personality, regardless of interest in football, who have at one time or another and often yell at the TV and lift their hands down to Maggie May, who is a year and a half old. She just stands there and just will yell at the TV um, because she's learned it from her dad. She doesn't know what it means or what she's doing, but she just knows this is what you do, you know, when Penn State is wrestling or playing football. Um, Sometimes there's weeping afterward, usually on the football, never on the wrestling. But um, I just, it makes me excited because one, seeing my dad worship, even in the midst of the mess that our house was, and boy, have I had to go through a lot of healing, just decades, God is good and he just works. Um, But that impacted me in that, in those times, impacted me deeply, just deeply. Um, And I believe I've grown up to be a worshiper by seeing not just my dad, um, but other dads and other moms um, and just other people worshiping. So there's no substitute. There's no substitute for this. Um, It makes me excited, too, because I, gosh, I really like my children. Not every moment, not every day, but I really like them. And they have taught me so much. I mean so much. And our children have things to teach us in worship, in worship. And I just believe that. It's not just us modeling for these young people, these little people, um, what worship looks like and how. Gosh, I'm so excited that they'll have access to the presence and the power of God. And I'm excited to see what they have to teach us about freedom about not worrying about who's looking or what's going on. Children are free, and they accept God exactly who he is. And there is a scripture that says something along the lines of, you need to be as children to receive. And so this, this change makes me excited. Now, in, in let's be practical, I mean, they're all going to be sitting behind me, and I don't want to be interrupted during worship. I've enjoyed very much having that time uninterrupted, but, um, you know, we're going to work with the little ones and we're going to, and they all already kids are so perceptive. They will know, my children will know, (laughs) this is not a time that's about you. This is a time that's about the Lord and connecting with him. So yes, you can twirl. Go ahead, honey, you can twirl. But if she starts twirling out near someone else, I bring her back in and we've, We've done this dance with little Noel, who's three, um, before, and it's just training them and teaching them, and um, and I'm excited. Amen. Okay. Amen. Okay. Thank you very much. You're done. Oh wow! Look at that. Very nice. That's right. <clears throat> not sure if I was yelling at the TV yesterday or not. Now I'm trying to think. As she said it, I'm starting to reflect. Is I yelling at the TV? I may. I don't know if I'm going to yell tonight with the Super Bowl. I'm not necessarily Patriots or Rams, uh, but I don't think I'll yell. So I think we should pray so I get myself in the right frame of mind for our message today. Amen? Okay. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for fresh vision. 
We thank you, Father, for changes that you have placed on our hearts to make at this church. We thank you, Father, that this change of even kids coming into worship with us is going to be blessed, it's going to be anointed, it's going to go smoothly. Father, that just such blessing will come upon this whole church family. As we watch those kids worship, as they teach us and as we teach them, we thank you, Father, that you've called us to be a family. You've called each and every one of us to come to you to be part of your family. And Father, as I give your word today, that you would just bless and anoint it, and that we will all walk away learning something, that our minds will be renewed, that our eyes will be open. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm excited, 29.6 times, because we are starting a new series called Provision and Harvest. This is the word that the Lord has had for this church for 2019, and we want to embrace it fully. We want to talk about it. We want to understand it. We want to unpack it. We want to know what does that mean? What does it mean for my life? What does it mean for this church? What does it mean for this community? And so we're going to start unpacking what provision and harvest is. So if you're going to turn with me to Luke chapter 5, here's the definition of provision. Everything you need for the journey. Provision. Everything that you need for the journey. So let's just say you are about to go to the Super Bowl. One, you'd be late because you're not going to make it in time if you haven't left yet. But let's just say you're already on the way. You would begin to think of all the things that you need in order to get there. I need the tickets. Let's not forget the tickets. I'm going to need some food. I'm going to need some clothing. I'm going to need to have a hotel when I get there. You are preparing for the journey. The journey of going to the Super Bowl. And what's critically important is you need to know where the Super Bowl is being played. If you were headed to Minneapolis, Minnesota today, you are a year late because that's where the Super Bowl was last year. But if you're headed to Atlanta, Georgia, you'd be going in the right direction. And you see, what provision means is everything that we need for the journey that God has placed us on. For your life, for your journey, where he's calling you to go, where the Holy Spirit is leading and directing you, the provision is available for you in every portion of your life to do this journey. Does it mean you won't make wrong turns? No. You will. Does it mean that the road will just be smooth and sailing, no traffic? No. Does it mean sometimes you might have your foot on the gas pedal and go a little bit over that speed limit and get a little bit ahead of where God is directing, and what happens? Yeah? Uh Uh-oh. Time to slow down a little bit. You see, provision is giving us everything that we need for this journey taking care of everything that we need. This plan, this journey that each of us are on includes reaching other 
people. You see, the journey that we're on is not just to go from here to Atlanta, from here to Minnesota, from here to wherever. The journey has many stops along the way and has people along the path every single mile that you're journeying. And too often we forget as we think about the journey that's in Atlanta and we just go as fast as we can to get to Atlanta. And we blow by everything that God had intended for us along the way. Everything that God has intended for us along the way. Because we're going too quick. Provision. Provision comes through the anointing. And when the anointing comes, it will come with abundant dunamis power. Pastor Jason, what are you talking about? The provision will come through the anointing with abundant dunamis power. Do you want to know what that means? Anybody interested? Anybody interested? Yes? I, okay. Dunamis means for, for believers to be, this is the power for believers to be witnesses for Jesus Christ to the lost. That's the first part of it. So if we have abundant dunamis power for our journey, it is giving us Holy Spirit power to be able to witness and to speak to those who are far from Him. It also means the healing power that is resident in Jesus Christ. We have access, which is the provision for our life, the abundant dunamis power, which is the healing power of Jesus Christ our Lord. We have this available. This is the provision that God has given us. And it's also the power given to the disciples to heal diseases and proclaim the kingdom of God. How many of you want to go on a journey with that? Come on, church. How many of you want to go on the journey with a little bit of abundant dunamis power as we're going through? Amen. Amen. This is what we this is available to us. I'm going to walk through some scriptures and show you what do I have to do. What do I have to do to get this abundant dunamis power to come with me? Because church, we're all on a journey. What do I need to do? What do you need to do on this journey? So it will come with abundant dunamis power to do what the Holy Spirit wants to do. That power means the ability to do the impossible. Because with Him, all things are possible. It is not possible that I could walk out there and heal somebody's elbow. That's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. I can't do it. But God can. His Holy Spirit, His abundant dunamis power is what can heal. Not me, not you, but His power is what can heal. I want to go on a journey with that. He wants to show Himself for who He is. Good, faithful, and loving. He will do this by performing miracles in our midst. For he has said that this church will be marked by miracles. Those miracles will arrest the attention of the unbeliever. When we are on this journey, when we have abundant dunamis power that's coming with us, and miracles are happening, it's going to arrest the attention of the unbeliever. They're going to say, what was that? What do you mean your elbow has no pain anymore? I do not understand. What doc, what physical therapist did you go to? What doc, what? Was it icy hot? Or was it biofreeze? Because I got two choices and I need to know which one it is for the elbow right now. 
And you're going to say, no. I, that's, yeah, you would think that's what it was, but I have a God who heals. And I'm telling you that he supernaturally has healed my elbow, and I can't explain it. I don't understand it, but he did it because he loves me, and he cares for me. Do you have any pain in your body? Let's pray for you too. On the journey, God's putting people in our lives and he's giving us his power that we can share the gospel message with others. This is exciting. It will rest the attention of the unbeliever which will lead to the abundant harvest for Jesus Christ. This is how the provision and the harvest are linked. The provision and the harvest go hand in hand. Because everything we need for the journey is the provision. And on the journey, we're reaching people by the Holy Spirit's power, and the harvest is coming. You see that picture? Does that paint the picture? To him be all the glory. Luke chapter 5. So what do we have to do? So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, I think is how you say it, And they saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats. Stop there. He got into one of the boats. Church, we need to invite him into our boat. This is the key to the whole thing. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you cannot have the abundant dunamis power for your journey. It's actually not available. But if you invite Jesus into your boat with you, into the boat that says, Jesus, I am trusting you for all things. Come and enter into my boat on my journey and come with me on it. You now have access to the provision that's needed for your journey. So he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put it out a little from the land, and he sat down and he taught the multitudes from the boat. Now I find this very interesting. Two things to point out here. Number one, he says, let's go out a little bit from the land. Now that Jesus is in the boat, he says, let's go out a little bit. Not too far, let's just go out a little bit. And they went out on the boat. And what Jesus understood is back at that time, he didn't have one of these. Okay, he didn't have one of these. He was not projecting by microphone. His voice was projecting. And he knew if he was just off the shore back a little bit, that his voice could project to the crowds and that everybody could hear him. You see, so many times when we don't have Jesus in our boat, we don't know how far to go away from shore. And most of the time, we're anchored right at the shore, and we never actually go out into the sea. We never get away from the shore because we don't know where to go. We need Jesus in our boat. We need Jesus to be with us. We need to invite him in to the boat. And what happened when he was in the boat? He was teaching us. He can't teach you unless he's in your boat. you got to let him in the boat, church. Please, let him come in the boat. We learn from him when we allow him in the boat. Verse 4, And when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let, your nets, or let down your nets for the catch. Wait a second. 
Jesus just told us to move out further from the shoreline. Because Jesus knows exactly where the provision is located. He didn't know. Simon didn't know where exactly to go. He said, no, let's push out a little bit further. It's Jesus now moving the boat. He's directing the boat. It wasn't Simon saying, well, I think we should go out a little bit further. Did he say that? No, Jesus said that. Jesus said, let's go out a little bit further. This is a new season. He's saying, we, need to, we, we were right by the shore for one season where I was teaching and projecting. Now it's time for another season. We need to move out a little bit further. God has different seasons in all of our lives. Now he's directing to go out a little bit further because sometimes, church, the catch is a little bit further out. Jesus knows exactly where the harvest is. He knows exactly the person that needs you to say something to them. And he will lead you a little bit deeper to go find them. But we have to be willing to get him into our boat. Do we trust him to go out a little bit deeper? This is faith. Church, this is trusting to go a little bit deeper. Verse 5, but Simon answered to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. It's kind of one of those like, oh, Jesus, what are you thinking? I've just worked so hard in my own strength. All night I was working to catch these fish. I was working and working and working, and what happened? I got nothing. I was toiling. I was trying on my own. But church, was Jesus in the boat last night when they were trying to catch the fish? Was Jesus in the boat last night? No. Wait a second. Is he in the boat now? Yes, he is. He was not in the boat. They toiled. When we don't have Jesus in our boat, we toil and we labor in vain. We labor in vain. We try and we try and we try and all we do is get tired. That's what toil is. But a lot of times our first response is like, but I tried that. I've already tried to witness to that person. I've already tried to pray for that person. Did he say to stop? Did he say to give up? I don't know. I don't think so. You have to hear from the Holy Spirit and know. And so what Simon says is, nevertheless, at your word. At your word. He trusted Jesus. He trusted Jesus' words. He had faith. And as I mentioned earlier, faith without action is dead. He could have been like, yes, Jesus, oh, I believe. I believe that if I put those nets down, I will catch so many fish. I I know I worked hard before, and I know I toiled all night, but now you're in my boat, and I trust you, and if, if I let down those nets, it'll be good. And then don't let down the nets. How silly is that? The fish are right there. We have to take action and what the Lord is telling us to go do. It says in verse 6, And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. We can try very hard on our own, toiling, but Jesus. He provides the provision for the harvest. He provides what we need. He performs the miracles. Skip down to verse 10. It says, so from now on, you will catch men. 
And so when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook, forsook all that followed him. You see, they realized that if they go anywhere with Jesus, it is all they need. Whether I'm in the boat, whether he's telling me get out of the boat, go walk somewhere, do something, they, they forsook it all to follow him. And when I read that, it means they left all those fish behind. And they followed him. They said, wait a second, but I got all this, all this, this is right here. This is for somebody else. We're moving on over here. You say, but it can't be true. It is true. Jesus will take you, and if you walk with him each and every day, if you invite him into your boat, all that you need for this journey is yours. It's available to us. Russ, if you want to come back up, I'm on page four of a 10-page sermon. So we're going to have the continuate, to be continued at some point here in the future. But the provision, church, I want you to understand this. Provision is so much more than finances. I'm going to say it again. This provision, this abundant dunamis power provided to us is so much more than just finances. It's everything that you need for life and godliness. It's everything that you need for life and godliness. We have to invite Jesus into the boat. That power is available to us. When we get together again, we'll talk about the next portion of this where Jesus cleanses the leper. And what I want to show is that it truly is available for every aspect of our life. Financial, physical, relational, in every area. But church, what we have to do is we have to invite him into our boat. You may not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You may say, I've never, ever, Pastor, I've never actually said, I want to make Jesus Christ, the Son of God, my Lord and Savior, and I want to invite him into my boat today. You will have an opportunity in a moment to do that. Or you may say, you know what? I have been toiling. I have been trying. I have been rowing, it feels like, against the stream, against the current, and I am getting absolutely nowhere. And I'm tired. And this morning, I want to invite Jesus into my boat. I want to bring Jesus along with me for this journey. You're going to have an opportunity to do that this morning. So if everybody could close their eyes and bow their heads for a moment. If on that first account, that was you. Somebody here this morning says, I've never invited Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who came to this earth, who died for my sins and rose from the grave to forgive me for everything I've ever done. And you feel that tugging on your heart this morning. If that is you, saying, I want to invite Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior, I want you to slip your hand up this morning. If that's you, slip your hand up. 
Hallelujah, I see your hand. Just keep your hand up for a second. I see your hands. I see your hands. Those who have your hands raised, say this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I invite you into my life. I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for forgiving my sins. And I trust in you. And I put my hope in you. And I put my faith in you. And I love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. If that was you this morning, you put your hands up. I just invite you afterwards to come up front. We just have something for you. Just to help you on that journey. To help you see what is the next step for my life. And we want to get that into your hands. With every head bowed and every eyes closed, if you are on the second case that says, you know what? I've accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. And I know him, but I have been trying to operate in this world, in my journey, without him. I want you to raise your hand. If that's you, you're saying, you know what? I have been trying and struggling and toiling. And I'm done. And I need Jesus in my boat. I want you to invite him in this morning. Father, every hand that is raised, we invite you into their boat. Father, they are inviting you into their boats, into this journey of life that you promised this abundant dunamis power to walk through life with, the provision for everything that they need. And we just thank you now, Father, that you are sending your Son to minister to them through the Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending your Son to be in our boat, to be on our journey. Father, we thank you for lives changed this morning. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for who you are. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you. Thank you. If you raise your hand today, either in the first case or the second case, and you've invited him into your life, nothing will ever be the same. It's not magically going to get easier. Nothing is going to be the same. And there are things that you feel like you've carried forever. And today when you put your hand up, those things no longer belong to you. They no longer belong to you. His peace belongs to you. And his love belongs to you. And I want you... I want to shout. I want to encourage you. Nothing's going to ever be the same. And those of you who are weary... Shout unto the Lord. He is your victory. And he is your strength. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Father. Oh, Lord. I could just worship you all day. I could just stay all day and worship you. For you are good, Father. And we receive, each of us receive now 
that which is unearned, which is all of your grace, all of your mercy, all of your love. And we say, steer my boat. (laughs) Tell me. No longer will I put you in the back of the boat and say, just, you're there when I need you. You tell me and I will listen. I will hear and I will obey. Thank you, Jesus. Church family, stand with me this morning. Just as I pray, lift your hands up to heaven. Heavenly Father, we receive all that you have for us. We invite you into our boat. We invite you into this journey. We thank you for coming along with us, for loving us, for caring for us so much that you're willing to get into our boat, our individual boat, yes, a personal relationship with us. And we thank you for it. As we lift our hands this morning, we just receive all that you have for us today. Your abundant dunamis power, the provision needed, the harvest that is ready, we receive it this morning. And Father, as we go from this place, that you will lead and guide and direct all of our steps. Your word says that the sheep will hear your voice and we will know you. So, Father, we just listen for your voice. Lead us, guide us, direct our boats, direct our next steps as we seek you. And we just thank you for all these things. And we worship and rejoice in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, church, you are dismissed. Have a wonderful afternoon. Enjoy that game or something that's going to happen a little bit later. Yeah, and if you raise your hand up, we'd like to have you guys to come up front just for a few minutes. Some small group leaders will also be up front. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.